five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh from the WDMA, searching the world for marketing news for you today. I never know what's going to happen on that, but <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, let's get over to the serious stuff, the serious news. Okay, so Larry the Cat. I didn't know who Larry the Cat was, but Larry the Cat is the official number 10 Downing Street Mauser. And these are some of uh, Larry's best moments. This goes on for quite a while. This is my favorite part. Larry goes after a pigeon right in front of the press corps. And apparently Larry is the official cat, because look at this. They let him in without any ID except his collar. There he goes. So now that you've seen who Larry the cat is, let's get over to the... Let's get over to the... Uh, Larry the Cat story. Larry the Cat throws his collar in the ring. If you had the choice, who would you vote for? Larry for leader. Okay, and here's... <laughs> Apparently, Larry the Cat is doing a paw-in campaign for leader of the Tory party. And the serious part about it is that there's 160,000 Tories, and they're picking... Apparently, they have control of the parliament, and they're picking the prime minister for 67 million people. So I, I know nothing about this process, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, the party is the Tory party, and there's 160,000 registered members. Okay, not that many. And they pick Boris Johnson, which caused kind of a stir, um, because they're like, why should these people pick and, and once the party gets control of the parliament, then whoever's the head of the Tory party gets to be prime minister. That's the way it works, it seems like to me. So uh, most people in the UK apparently don't register as a party member of any party. And so it doesn't take that many committed people to get control of the party. And that's the, the issue that we're, we're debating here. But... Uh, you know, it is the way it is. So start your own party or <laughs> round up more members to, you know, fill out the Tories better. If 67 people choose, 67 million people choose not to not to be part of a party, then don't complain about the party that the, <laughs> the pepper that Peter Piper picks. <laughs> okay, let's go over here. Okay, now, Dove started a campaign called Keep the Gray. Okay, we'll get over to that now in a second. Let's get over to that. And now we're over here. And this is the campaign. It's very short. Women with gray hair are being edged out of the workplace. Nice piano music. So Dove is going gray. They went from gold to gray. And they want you to change your profile picture to gray. Um, but anyway, so Dove back there did a thing on all sorts of beauty and um laura douglas uh, has said at dove's canada branch manager said dove has had a long-standing history in terms of real beauty and everything that campaign stood for and will continue to stand for that but what really triggered this whole thing they say is that lisa laflamme i suppose it's pronounced uh, you know, us English speakers would say La Flame, but it's probably La Flamme. Anyway, 
she was uh, one of the anchors on CTV, Canadian TV National News, and she allowed her hair to turn gray. And um, they fired her. And uh, some executive apparently said in a meeting, who gave her the okay to let Lisa's hair go gray? And that got public outrage. And so Dove did that. And Wendy's, I think I have a picture of Wendy's. But anyway, Wendy's in Canada turned the little red-haired girl, Wendy, into a gray-haired little girl. <laughs> okay, but Anthony Chevalier, Shavanathan, probably, Shavanathan. This is bigger than just one person. It's about all women, young and old, being able to age the way they choose on their own terms. Now, to me, of course, I just shaved my beard off. And part of the reason I did was because when I, you know, I, I John Stewart, I used to follow, uh, and Dave Letterman, and um, I think that's his name, John Stewart. Anyway, they both retired, and they both grew big, bushy, gray beards. And I thought, you know, how could somebody like that even be relevant? I mean, they were on talk shows and stuff. And I thought, you know, that just, they're not relevant. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, hey, but you've got gray hair. You've got a gray beard. <laughs> Maybe you're not relevant. Maybe people think you're not relevant. And so it's not just about women, of course. It's about how we view other people, how we make judgments about people, right? You know, and I, and we make judgments. And so... You can choose the way you age, but you also have consequences for that choice, right? Uh, maybe it does say to people that you're no longer relevant. I don't know. It's hard to say. I welcome your thoughts on this, right? Do you do you have gray hair? Do you dye your hair if you're older? I did for a while um, when I was building a multi-level and did pretty well at that. But then when those days changed, I uh, actually the <laughs> Miss Clarell. <laughs> discontinued their men's product so I said oh well that's the only one I like there's another one but I don't like it so that was that I turned 60 and I thought I'll let myself go gray but I would just say people with gray hair may be being edged out of the work workplace if you have some story to tell I'd love to hear it which brings us to I was going to cover William Sonoma announces record-setting quarter you know they do have a catalog request spot on their homepage, page uh, and so I welcome them as you know doing well apparently they're still mailing catalogs um, I'm gonna request one just to see what it looks like and uh, up 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 which is great because a lot of people aren't okay what no really means this is a great article I just want to read it to you okay this is from Bill Farquhar's son but it's by Bill Gillespie and we'll look up Bill and try to find out what Bill, which Bill Gillespie this is, because there's probably a few of them. Um, so here, no, hear this instead. So Bill was calling on an Atlanta advertising agency in 1979, which is around when I was selling printing, uh, 77, 78, I think I was selling printing. I started talking about presses and folders. I also showed samples, and like so many. Uh, said we are high quality we're a high quality printer with really good service right and and uh <laughs> matthew parker you know says that's just death everybody has 
high quality and good service, right? They wouldn't even be in business if they didn't have that. But anyway, the prospect grinned and stopped, stops him. And Bill says, Bill, I'm sure that all that's true, but I have a printer. I work with them daily. They take great care of me and I'm not interested in changing. Then he told me who they were. And Bill said back to him, I hear this everywhere I go. Tell me about them. They must be awesome. And uh, he was happy to do so. So for several minutes, he said, you know, this guy called on me as a cold call and they've grown to be friends and trusted printing partners. And I wanted to mention John Martin, one of my favorite printing salespeople. I watched him hit a hole in one at a, one of the, at a golf outing. It might've been a WDMA golf outing. I think it was. And, uh, and unfortunately has a fairly common name and I've never been able to find him. So if you know, John Martin from web, uh, he, uh, I introduced him to Jack Miller at Quill Corporation and Jack called me up later and he said, you know, what's the deal with, with this printer? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, John Martin's, he's 10% lower than everybody else. And I said, well, you know what John is able to do or will do for you is John will be able to figure out really precisely what press fits your job best. And sometimes he'll still come to me and he'll say, if you could trim, if, if we could trim a 16th of an inch off your catalog, we could run it on this other press that's twice the size and it'll fit perfectly and uh, and it'll save me a ton of money. He'll figure out, really figure out, where's the best place to run your job. And Jack said, great, thanks. So Jack bought 40 million copies of his catalog from Webb and from John Martin. I called John back later and I said, uh, you know, because even at 30 cents or something, that's still $12 million. I said, you know, if I would have asked, could you have given me like 3% on that job or something? He said, oh, sure. <laughs> right? So that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars I passed up. But I was just trying to be nice to Jack. He's a nice guy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Bill says, I wasn't arguing. I wasn't trying to suggest we were better. I wasn't criticizing his supplier choice. He liked me well enough. He just had a printer. And I wrapped up the meeting and I left thinking it was friendly, but a failure. It was a no. But a couple days later, the, the advertising guy called him and threw him a little print job and then another little print job. And before I knew it, we were working together weekly. And eventually his favorite printer was purchased by another company. His rep retired. And, um, so no doesn't mean no in sales. It means not now or not yet. This is where most reps stop trying. Listening is selling and talking is preaching. That's what I do, preach. But really the reason I started this show is to, is to hear from you. And I get a lot of likes. I'm getting more likes on a regular basis. I have some regular people. But they don't ask me hard questions. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't challenge what I say. And I really encourage you to do that. And if you really want to challenge things, come over to a real meetup. We're meeting in Minnetonka next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, at 6 p.m. at Jimmy's Kitchen in Minnetonka. And we'll be also having a meetup September 14th out in Boston on Wednesday night. I just got Dana's, uh, Dana's invite to the CEO breakfast. I wrote to the, to the Namoa people saying, hey, what about the CEO breakfast? I try to contribute. I think I did okay, you know. 
Uh, and sure enough, this morning, Dana's email came and I laughed a little bit because I really enjoy that. Um, and, and partly because, you know, a lot of times we see the same people and sometimes they have different uh, different issues they're dealing with. Uh, Phil Weilen, I got to meet there and uh, John from R.R. Donnelly and uh, or he got the printing part. Anyway, a lot of nice people. So um, he so he said, don't debate, val- you know, just keep in touch, which is what we we do here. Uh, you know, my sales cycle is about 10 to 15 years. And eventually someone comes back and says, hey. You know, we'd like some help with our segmentation or our creative or something like that. Best practices. So have a great day. Don't forget, no means maybe later. Keep in touch. Engage. And I'd love to hear your questions. Bye-bye.